Inside Outside Innovation is the podcast that brings you the best and the brightest in the world of startups and innovation. I'm your host, Brian Ardinger, founder of InsideOutside.io, a provider of research, events, and consulting services that help innovators and entrepreneurs build better products, launch new ideas, and compete in a world of change and disruption. Each week, we'll give you a front row seat to the latest thinking, tools, tactics, and trends in collaborative innovation. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. I'm your host, Brian Ardinger, and as usual, we have another amazing guest with me today, Dr. Victoria Gertzman. She is the Associate Director at Canopy Insight, which is a cultural insight and innovation consultancy. Welcome to the show, Victoria. Thank you so much, Brian. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to have you because I really want to delve into what you're doing. Let me give our audience a little bit of background. You hold a PhD in culture, film, and media. You worked in New York. You're currently working in London. Your interest in cultural analysis began when you were at Columbia. You studied anthropology and East Asian studies and quite well-rounded. So welcome to the show. I wanted to start off with, so you do a lot of stuff with brands trying to understand culturally what's working or not working in the marketplace. And it's a topic called semiotics. So let's start with that. What is semiotics and why did you get involved in this? Yeah, sure. So semiotics, it's a method that comes from anthropology, but we use it in sort of an applied way to understand the culture that brands operate within. So semiotics is about the analysis of signs and symbols in culture. And it's kind of really underutilized when it comes to helping brands work better. What we use semiotics for is to kind of see the cultural significance of different phenomena to really help brands with business challenges. So it's really useful in a couple of different ways. One thing that makes semiotics really useful is understanding how a new culture works. So just going into a space, it could be for kind of a new demographic target or an actual new market and seeing how culture operates there to make sure that a brand is relevant in that space. So when we are looking to understand the signs in culture, what's really important is understanding that the signs that are around people all the time really impact the way that people think and feel and operate and the things that they believe. If we want to drill down on what a certain brand means in a certain place, you can really do this by investigating the culture that's around people in that place. Talk a little bit about, you mentioned signs. So is that obviously the physical signs and that around it, but what's the manifestation of that and and how does it actually showcase itself? So a sign is a piece of cultural evidence and it can be anything that you can go out and touch, smell, hear, or otherwise experience. For example, if we had a client that was interested in understanding the meaning of a concept like what is natural, what does naturalness mean in a given market, to understand that semiotically, we would want to go to all the different places where naturalness happens. So this could be something like a spa, retail spaces, but it's also sort of places that you would not necessarily expect it. So for example, an office things like that. So again, signs are these pieces of cultural evidence that have a manifestation in the world. You can experience it in a sensory way. You've worked in a variety of different markets, you know, B2B, gaming, I think the alcohol space, entertainment, media. Why don't you walk us through some either case studies or examples of how brands are using Canopy Insight and specifically some of the stuff that you've been working on? 
Well, naturalness is a really good one. We could probably talk about sort of the process for investigating a concept like that. The briefs that we get, as you mentioned, are pretty varied. So we tend to work with relatively large brands. We help brands uncover the meaning of basically anything that they need to understand and the culturally specific meaning as well as the way this meaning is changing over time. Naturalness is a really, really good example because, first of all, it has really huge differences across different markets. And then even within markets across different generation to demographic groups, the meaning of what is natural can have huge differences. So this is the type of thing where really uncovering these cultural differences is super important for brands. If we use you know, the changing cultural meaning of natural as a hypothetical, we can kind of talk about the process of uncovering that. So what we do whenever we have a brief come in, we do in-market field work along with digital scoping to try to understand what this thing means. Before we go into whatever market or markets we're investigating, we sit down with local experts and we make a really, really rigorous fieldwork plan. So we typically do around seven to 10 days of in-market fieldwork. And in that time, we want to really make the most of it and gather as much cultural evidence as we can. So we'll sit down and we'll make a plan for each day of the fieldwork time, places that we'll visit, in the morning, afternoon, and evening, just to make sure we're capturing everything we can to do with the concept we're investigating. And so we do this as well for digital scoping. So we do our digital scoping and our in-market fieldwork, and we just take really rigorous field notes. So we do this kind of in the way that anthropologists would have once upon a time, just recording everything that we can see, all the cultural evidence out there, and photographing everything that we are legally allowed to photograph. And this becomes our evidence base. So once we've wrapped up the in-market and the digital field work, we bring it all back together. We sit down with our analysts and we just unpack all of the evidence that we found. Then we start to group these cultural signs, which are the sort of individual things that you can experience. We group them into signifiers. And we are really kind of obsessed with having huge amounts of cultural evidence, which is why we don't just take a single sign and say, this is something that's happening that's worth looking at. There needs to be enough of a bulk of evidence for it to be significant in culture. So we group our signs together into signifiers, which kind of say, okay, we've seen these things happening. What does it actually mean? What's the significance of it? Then we then group the signifiers into codes. Um, and the codes are kind of the, the meat of what we do. So a code will be something that is happening in culture in a significant way, built on this, this huge kind of packet of cultural evidence. So we take our codes around the given topic that we're investigating, like naturalness, for example. And once we have all of our codes around something like natural, what we do is we determine whether these codes are residual, dominant, or emergent. And this is just the sort of vocabulary we use to talk about if something is residual. It's a little bit old-fashioned. It's still present in culture, but probably on its way out. If a code is dominant, this is something that's heavily present in culture at the moment. It's the type of thing that you would see if you went into a grocery store. It's also the type of thing where if you were to ask somebody, for example, in a focus group about something, they would be able to describe this dominant code. It's, it's kind of heavily present at the moment. And then the emergent codes are the things that we really love, the really interesting stuff. So emergent codes are more on the periphery. They're becoming kind of more part of culture, but at the moment they're still not quite mainstream. 
the ability to kind of understand trending of this and when does one particular sign or symbol move from one to the other and, and how much do brands track that on an ongoing basis to know the moving trends in the culture? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question because I think one of the things that that makes the semiotic work that Canopy does so useful is the being able to say these are the emergent codes that are going to become dominant. But then the question is always when, because of course, if a brand wants to innovate, they want to know when these things will be relevant. So we do this through creating what we call culture maps. When we are doing our analysis of all the evidence and building them into codes, what we always identify are sort of the key tensions that we find. And these tensions become axes on the the cultural maps. And then with each code that we have derived from kind of all the cultural evidence, we map these on the cultural map using the tensions as the axes. And what you find with the culture map is that there will be clusters of codes. Now, sometimes there's kind of a huge spread across the map, but often you have sort of dominant codes clustering in one area. Then you'll have another quadrant in which dominant and emergent codes tend to cluster together. And then typically a third quadrant that is almost exclusively emergent. And this is where you can see the sort of direction of travel of the cultural phenomenon from the more dominant manifestations to the emergent ones. And what we do, we work with clients really closely depending on what they want to use these codes for. So if a client wants to just kind of come up with a new comm strategy for next year, they would probably want to look at sort of mostly dominant codes, maybe with a bit of an emergent tilt. But if, for example, a client is creating an entirely new, say, restaurant franchise, a natural restaurant franchise, they would be looking exclusively at emergent manifestations because this would be something with maybe a five-year pipeline. So it's through these cultural mappings that we're able to give the direction of culture over time. Are you seeing more and more brands using this type of study as a way to get ahead of the curve and understand trends in that? Or talk a little bit about the market of semiotics and the stuff that you're actually doing in the marketplace. It really varies. There are some very large clients that we work with in an ongoing way that like to innovate new products kind of according to a research cycle. And they'll just come to us with quite a fixed timeline. For example, we need to launch a new product in this category and it needs to be next year. And for that, we know that we're looking more at sort of dominant, a little bit emergent. Uh, We also sometimes work with brands that are launching for the first time and they just need to understand how a certain cultural phenomenon looks in a certain market. And for that, what we would do is give recommendations across the entire business. So from everything, if, for example, it's a retail location, what the look and feel of the retail space should be, what the sensory experience should be for customers, as well as things like what the communication should look like, what kind of activations they should be doing. So this work is great because it has applications across kind of a whole range and it really sort of depends on clients' needs. But because every single brand exists in culture, in whatever cultural space their customers are part of, it's really cool to see how these applications work across basically all aspects of a business. And that's interesting. You know, you mentioned digital as well. And mm-hmm. Cultural seems to be moving more and more towards that digital space, virtual reality, augmented reality. Yeah. You know, we're living in, in a screen as much as we are in the real yeah. world. How are you studying or, or how's that playing out in the ability to kind of understand how humans are evolving and working and, and moving? 
it's a balancing act between, like you said, understanding that we are now screens and also understanding that tech of any kind is as old as time. So tech could be, you know, a rock that a, a cave person used. <laughs> and then, you know, so we look into all of these things, but we also are always really careful not to say that people are their tech. However, it has a huge bearing, of course, on what we're seeing and what people are doing. But it's also interesting, some of the markets that we work in, there really isn't high penetration in some cases of, for example, home internet. And I think it's really easy to assume that everybody is online all the time. But what we have found is that's not necessarily the case. And that's, it's really important to know the market differences there, especially. Give me some examples of some, maybe some companies or some new products that have used this particular methodology and some success that you've seen from it. I can't really talk about clients specifically just because the way the, the work is used sure. is so heavily NDA. But for example, we've done some work recently for a client in the UK who wanted to get into kind of a new entertainment sphere, just something that was happening that they saw some competitors doing and they wanted to know, okay, if we want to do that, what's the best way to do it? And um, we ended up doing a cultural mapping of this particular entertainment arena and they have a whole new strategy built around that which is very cool to see. There's also kind of more practical stuff to do with just product development. So brands that have a whole bunch of different sub-brands often need to know just basically whether they are remaining culturally relevant in different markets. There's so much to keep track of all the time. And basically bringing us in means that they don't have to worry about sending a huge team out there to do the work. And I think you know for brands that also have a multi-market presence, it can be very difficult to keep a finger on the pulse of the different cultural nuances, which is also something that we're brought in to help on a lot of the time. Absolutely. That ability to be relevant in whatever market you're in is, is probably pretty important, yeah. especially for global brands. Sure. And it's easy as well to assume that things that are really present in culture and in sort of your home market are true elsewhere. But what we found a lot of the time, especially when we're doing these cultural mappings, is just that things that are really dominant in, say, the U.S. and the U.K. are just completely emergent elsewhere. And it can be hard to keep an eye on that. So you've, again, worked in a number of different verticals and different spaces and markets around the world. What are some of the emergent trends that you're seeing out there that people should be focused on or at least thinking about? So although we work on really varied briefs, you know, things from retail all the way through to understanding, worked on, for example, the changing meaning of Christmas recently. So mm -hmm. very very, very brief, but it's interesting to see some broader cultural shifts that kind of impact across a huge range of verticals. One thing that we've seen that's definitely taking more and more of a hold is a shift away from individualism and toward a more communal experience. So this manifests in the ways that people live, work, play games, kind of everything. And along with this, we're seeing really big changes around ideas of ownership. So there's questions of, you know, for example, does anybody really need to own a vacuum cleaner? Or is it something that you can just borrow once a week or a month, depending on how often you like to clean? So that's another really interesting one. I think those two kind of go hand in hand. We're also seeing sort of the mainstreaming of sustainability, but kind of for money-saving reasons. So in this space, sustainability is going from something that's nice to have to a no-brainer as it goes hand in hand with economy. I think the home space is a really interesting one to watch, especially as barriers between home and work just continue to be broken down completely. 
for a while, this kind of on-demand everything in the home was the thing to watch. That's obviously still very much present, but we're moving more toward homes becoming sort of sites of production, whether that's working, but also through things like 3D printing or urban farming, cottage industry coming back into play. And then, you know, we also have sort of sexual and gender identities, diversification and more understanding. So where previously the focus would have been on sort of gender fluidity and trans rights issues, we now have more understanding not only of those issues, but also distinct identities and new ways of living that are becoming more part of the mainstream consciousness and awareness. It's fascinating stuff. We could probably talk for hours about some of the new things that are (laughs) happening out there. If our audience wanted to find out more about Canopy or yourself, what's the best way to do that? Our website is canopyinsight.com, so C-A-N-O-P-Y insight.com. Or you can email me, victoria at canopyinsight.com. I'd absolutely love to chat. Yeah, there's, I think semiotics is really something that is not very well utilized. So I'd love to chat to anybody who's interested in finding out more. Victoria, I appreciate you being on Inside Outside Innovation. Look forward to continuing the conversation in years to come. Yeah, thanks so much, Brian. That's it for another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. If you want to learn more about our team, our content, our services, check out insideoutside.io or follow us on Twitter at the IO Podcast or at Artinger. Until next time, go out and innovate.